podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Daxton Miles Jr., and you're listening to the Rappy Boys Kids. I can tell that love is fake. I don't trust a word you say. How you want to click up after your mistakes? Look you in the face, and it's just not the same. I've been down so long, it look like up to me. They look up to me. I got fake people showing fake love to me. Straight up to my face. Straight up to my face. I've been down so long, it look like this is Brandon Phoenix of the Raspy Voice Kids, known to some of y'all as I Also Hate Pit. Joining Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. Today it's time to talk pop culture. Hit you with the pop, 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 pop. We want to talk about gossip, gossip, everybody gossip. Today's talking about workplace gossip. Jeremy, Stay do you have any my experience? Face. Face in my face. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're gonna talk about the real, which is if you, I want to say work. I, I started out about workplace gossip, and this is mostly about workplace gossip. But let's be real: any group of people, when you walk away, there is somebody ready and willing to talk about you. One hundred. What'd you say? I said one hundred. Keep talking, baby. I'm sitting here smiling and laughing as you keep talking. Keep doing it. It's 100% the truth. You know, and people get hurt about this kind of stuff, but they need to realize it. They are talking about you. You know how you can tell when somebody's talking about you or when people are talking about you in the workplace, especially, Jeremy? How? When they are willing to talk about other people in front of you. Oh, amen. Oh, you already know. You already know. If I don't know you that well, and here you are talking about somebody you didn't work with for 10 years. Everybody. Everybody. If every time I talk to you, you got something to complain about, about somebody else, mm, I'm not going to say nothing. But you know what I mean? And they keep going and going and going. Believe you me, when you leave the group, you're the next victim. Yes. S-H-R-M, Better Workplaces, Better World, Better World, talks about workplace gossip what crosses the line? Now, I'll be honest. I'm not the kind of dude who's going to report you about gossiping. Unless you say something that's crazy about me, I could care less if you're complaining about something I do or say or my little idiosyncrasies. Oh, because- look, look, look. Let's honestly, let's be for real. It comes with the territory. That's what's going to happen. I don't care how cool you are with everybody. Coolest dude. I mean, you could be you could be AC Slater and somebody's still going to talk about you. You know what I mean? 100%. Doesn't matter who you is. So um, for me personally, I feel like it's always great to have a mole. And what I mean is, look, <laughs> doesn't care. It doesn't matter what people say. Truthfully, be grown. They're gonna say stuff. Doesn't even matter. Let it, let, let you know. Let it roll off your back. But you know, I've been at workplaces and my boys come up to me like, "Yo, everybody said what? Who? All right, who said that?" And then they start naming them off. and like, okay. And I'm like almost taking notes in my brain. Not that it really matters because no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, like if it's something, it, 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 you know, the truth is it just doesn't matter. You, you're going to get talked about. You're, you're going to get, get talked about. about. You need to grow up or get grown up. Grow up or get grown up. But also make sure you have an in. Make sure you have an in so somebody can let you know like, yo, yo, uh, X, Y, and Z, mm, check your people, you know? Yes. Make sure you have an end with somebody who matters. Yes. 
Yes. Not just some regular peon, not somebody on your level. Make sure you have an in with the people who matter. <laughs> people who do the hiring and the firing. That's what matters. It's different. You know, the truth is, this goes back to <laughs> this goes back to high school and junior high. You have to have you have to have an in with the one of the one of the cool girls, one of the girls in the cool girls group. You know what I mean? Of course. One of the girls, one of the girls who sits at the cool girls table. She doesn't have to be the alpha of the girls. She just has to be at the table. Okay. Of course. You have to have an in. You got to know. Listen, so shrm.org published this list talking about workplace gossip. And one of the, it starts to list the dangers of gossip. The first one is erosion of trust and morale. Let me be the first to tell you. I don't trust nobody at work no way. So it don't uh, matter to me. No, okay? no, don't get it twisted. Look, look, look. Number one rule of work. Before you go to work, no, these are not your friends. They're not your friends. Realize the difference between being cool with somebody and being friends with somebody. You could be cool with them, but these are not your friends. Nope. I'm there to do a job, the job they hired me to do. I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to go home. And those people that are there, just because you're not my friend does not mean you're my enemy. No, it's true. And you're going to you're gonna go there. You're going to do your job to the best of your ability. You're going to talk behind people's back, and then you're going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, listen, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up. This is the truth. And you're not going to believe me, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't talk about people at work. Okay. I don't talk about people at work to the people I work with is what I should say. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. That's good. It's good policy no, the that. reason I don't, the reason I don't is self-preservation because nobody's going to call me in any office saying, Brandon said this about so-and-so ever. You're not going to catch me out there. You're not going to have me in that situation. Plus, I don't want, I don't, I don't like talk. I do, I'm not talking about my coworkers to people that I work with. I just don't do it. It's not something I do. Yeah, very, very honorable of you. You know, very it's honorable. honorable. It's self-preservation. I'm not, I'm not trying to act altruistic. I'm not trying to act like I'm being holier than yeah. now. I'm telling you, this is self-preservation. I have learned the best case scenario is to not talk trash about that people That is the best case with. scenario. Look, hey, look, look, and I, look, sometimes I dream. That he is me. Sometimes I want to be like you, Brandon. <laughs> but after a long shift, I try. Okay, I try. <laughs> hey, remember, the people you work with, some of them listen to the show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's right. Well, they probably need to know. They probably need to know. It's just sometimes, man, you just, man, you know, you trying to, you, you try to, like, you try to play it off as much as you can. And sometimes you got to just talk about Mickey with the stink breath. You know, <laughs> let me be honest. That, one you, of the other, sometimes, sometimes you got to talk about Dougie Lazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, sometimes there are six points listed on shrm.org. Number one was already mentioned: the erosion of trust and morale. Number five is hurt feelings and reputations. Let me tell you something: we're all grown in a workplace. I don't care if you're 18. I don't care if you're 58. You're an adult. Okay, get over your feelings. Get over your feelings. And get hip to reality. Recognize what the real is. Everyone gets talked about. When I am in a room full of people talking about one or two employees, I know that when I leave, they got something to say about me. I know it. You're my own brother. Those are only two of us here. And when you leave, trust me, there's There's something. There's something. Don't don't take it too seriously. It's life. We gonna say don't, stuff. It's not that stuff. Big of a deal. So don't take it, don't take your feelings too seriously. Don't take it too personally. 
Most of the time, the people, and if people are really talking trash, it's probably because they're miserable. So just oh, don't yeah. just take it with a grain of salt. And if you really can't take it, the last point on shrm.org is attrition, meaning people leave the workplace because it's so toxic. And that would be when gossip gets real bad. Like on an episode of The Office, the, the, the gossip episode. Remember that episode, Jeremy? Yeah. That episode is one of my favorite episodes of all time. But when somebody starts talking trash and saying stuff that's really, really untrue, like you're having an affair with somebody or you got somebody pregnant or, you know, something like of that nature, somebody's an alcoholic, that kind of stuff, that is detrimental. That's not just talking about somebody's work performance or somebody's stank breath. That's talking about stuff that could get somebody in trouble. Yeah, I've never been there to where things have been that toxic. I've never had people make up stuff and you're like, what? Where did that come from? Whoa, whoa, what? But that bad? Like, I feel like sometimes it, it, if you're at a, at a point where you're going to quit a job because so many people are talking about you, I feel like you done did something. You done did something. No, I, I do think there are some toxic work cultures. I think there are some cultures where you get a couple of people, especially if they're the people that are in charge. that make and it a so, snowball, snowball effect. Yeah. yeah, I do think that there are. And I think it's rare, but I do think you get that. And it turns into almost bullying. I do believe that. And no, no, and, and then by the way, that's exactly what we're talking about. Like, like if it gets to a point where you're quitting a job over something, and it's real, like, okay, then I feel like it almost almost does spill over to that bu- uh, bullying spot. Yeah, and in that case, I'm okay with some with uh with a person leaving to preserve their mental health, and mental wealth. You got to do what you got to do. Okay, yeah, I get that. I get that. But tell us what you guys think. Tell us the best workplace gossip scenario you've ever been in. Tell me about when somebody's been talking about you and you caught them. Tell us. We want to know. Tell us. You can tell us on an anchor message. You can tweet us. You can email us. You can get at us anyway. We're all over the internet. Raspy Voice Kids everywhere. Raspy Voice! We love our man, Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler, Jim Ashley. We thank you for being a sponsor and partner with the show. We love having you on. Can't wait till you're here again. Hey, this is Brandon from the Raspy Voice Kids. We are now teamed up with SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the place to go and get your tickets for any live event that you want to be a part of, especially if you're a sports fan. Use code RaspyVoice, R-A-S-P-Y-V-O-I-C-E, and you get $20 off your first purchase. Code RaspyVoice at SeatGeek. Download the app. Get to saving now. It's time to talk XFL because there is no other football going on. So the RVK, that is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joining Jeremy Phoenix. Yes, 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 yes. Let's talk XFL. What do you got for us, Jay? I know you had some thoughts. You had some feelings. You made some tweets. What's up? Here's the truth, man. I watched every single game. Maybe not live. I taped them all. I watched every single game. Um, and I have a lot of feelings, man. Like this, this, this league. I'm not sitting here saying that it'll ever be the NFL because I highly doubt it. Uh, yeah, it's never going to be the NFL. But some of the changes that they've made, the instant replay, um, the way they're so transparent. Like, trust me. At, at first, it was getting on my nerves. Like, you make a bad play, you interview somebody right after it. That's kind of crazy to me. But then later on, the transparency, even when you see like the, the instant replay, and as it's, repl- it's replay is going on, you can hear what they're discussing and what they're looking at in the booth. 
I think that's cool. I think that's cool. They did a lot of cool stuff. Now, don't get it twisted. I made a I made a tweet uh, after Saturday. The first two games were played, and I said, uh, day one XFL evaluation. One, Cardell Jones still can't read the defense because Lord knows he can't. Number two is ruthless interviewing people right after a bad play happens, which I can't imagine. Like you think about it, coaches get mad when you interview them at halftime. Let alone right after a catastrophic play, a missed field goal, a fumble, a turnover just happened. I'm telling you, I think they may have some problems. It was good. I feel like in the future you might get some real live reactions uh, after this, you know, after this league Which keeps going. Which the XFL is hoping for, by the way. Three special teams. Look, let's be for real. Special teams should be the most ridiculously on point. They should even practice that special teams. Why? Because all their players are special teams players from the NFL. <laughs> they, I mean, this should be flawless. They should be like, yo, yo, y'all know the drill. And then four, I said UAB versus Troy was a good game today. Because I'm sorry, the uh, oh man, what team was it? Uh, the Dragons. I, I even can't remember where they're from. The Dragons. Versus, versus another team that looked like Troy. Sorry, no, the DC Defenders. It looked it looked like UAB versus Troy. It's just funny. And then uh, Houston, the team. Uh, by the way, I Seattle like the Seattle Dragons. Seattle Dragons. Here's the thing. I like Houston's uniforms. I like their helmets. They are the most NFL type helmets that I saw. But the truth is, the color scheme. Now you know you took those from the replacements. Now you know. Like, I expected Falco to come running on the field. You know you took that for the replacements. <laughs> Keanu Reeves, shout out. But here's the truth, though. They did a lot of cool things, Brandon. Like, as I'm watching, they made it feel like real football. What I mean is it is real football, but on the sidelines constantly, there's people that you respect, whether it's you see June Jones coaching or or uh, or Bob Stutes coaching or, or you know, Joe, Joey Galloway in the box calling the game, or obviously Pat McAfee calling the game. Troy Aikman was on the sidelines. Like They continually cut away to these NFL people that you know and respect. Then the practice you see on the field, you know just enough about these guys. Cardell Jones, an Ohio State player, one of the quarterbacks. Um, um, Aaron Murray, we all remember him from Georgia on the field. Uh, McGloin, who, who, who was uh, uh, the quarterback for Oakland for – maybe seven or eight games because I remember seeing him thinking, what in the world? Who is he starting? Now he's starting in the XFL. Like, I think they do a good job of telling you, oh, these guys are from the NFL. Where are they from? Um, what camp they were in? And then littering real players and, like, you know, Moose Johnson's the coach, people that you recognize. Um, also, one thing I told you about that I thought was extremely cool is in the NFL – you don't see these stars' faces as much. In this in this league, you do because after plays, they're interviewing these guys. Like, you think about the NBA. The NBA constantly, you're looking at the stars' faces. MLB, they don't wear a mask over their face. NFL, you don't see these guys unless it's a commercial or left, unless it's after the game. Now what the XFL has done is now you see these guys on the sideline after a big play. So if you see their face, you're going to know who they are. Now, I'm not sitting here being the biggest advocate for it, but I did thought, think it looked like real football. I did enjoy it. I do think it will thrive. And there's some cool things that they did along with it that I think were just genius to put in place. Most importantly, 
They're playing games when no other games are being played. Yeah, yeah, but if you're playing, but if you're playing games and it doesn't look like football, get out of here. No, I agree. It looks like football. I agree, but I think the most important thing is you cannot compete with the NFL. You cannot you compete with the NFL. Don't try it. I don't care how I don't care how well you do all the things you just described. You can't compete with the NFL. You can't compete with college football. So the first thing you got to do is play when nobody else is playing, and that's and what they did. And it's smart to play immediately after the the Super Bowl ends, where people are still jonesing for football. Exactly. And then all the other stuff that you're talking about that they've implemented, I agree. Those things are going to make it give it a better chance of success. I think having Oliver Luck in there works as well. Their first game had a viewership of 3.3 million, which I think is powerful. I'm very curious to see what, what happens with this league, but um, I hope for all intents and purposes that this ends up being like a minor league system for and, the NFL. And that's what I feel like. That. They even talked about our boy Kenny Robinson. That, that, that's one of the things they said. He's one of the only players – in the, the league, first player who has NCAA eligibility, who's not using it to play here to warm up for the NFL. So, like I said, they don't expect him. To, they think maybe not. He won't play the entire year because he may end up getting drafted by an NFL team here in a couple of months in the NFL draft. He won't be with the league all that long. But um, exactly what you're saying is, I feel like is what they're going for. They're not going to compete against the NFL. I think it's more of a minor league system. Um, to help thrive. Yep. So we can look forward to having XFL as part of our sports buffet from here Go on Guardians. Out. Go Guardians. Guardians? I thought you were a D.C. defender. Nah. Remember, last second, decided I, I can't. I got to stay truthful to the New York squad, New York oh, Guardians. Right. So good. McGloin, man, I'm telling you, he's the difference. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks in here that look on and off. He looks the most uh, NFL-ready, maybe because he's the only one with real NFL starts. Let's go, Guardians. Let's go get this. All right, son. Time for the next segment. Raspy Voice! The Raspy Voice kids would like to give a big shout-out to WVU Lacrosse, the club team. The club team out there working hard, busting their humps, representing that flying WV. They just played Auburn, and uh, they are reaching out to RVK, and the RVK wants to reach out to them. We got this message. It says, hey, guys, I'm with the West Virginia University lacrosse team. We were wondering if you want to do a piece or even just shout us out. We are one of the fastest growing and most competitive club teams on campus. Although we are a club team, we still play a nationwide schedule and operate as an actual team. They just played in Auburn, like I said, and then they flew to Dallas the, uh, on the following weekend. Here's Their the truth. Here's the truth. No, no, here's the truth. I don't know a whole lot about lacrosse. I do know that you got to, you know, you got to be a tough guy. Uh, it's, it's, it's like football in a way. It's like hockey in a way. But here's the thing. Here's the thing I know for sure. They had the flying WV on their helmet. They working hard for the state. Let's go support our boys. Let's go support lacrosse. The gold and the blue. Let's go. Let's go 100%. 100%. 100%. And very important for us to note, they play Pitt on March 15th. So everybody needs to be ready for that. The Pitt game, the backyard brawl, lacrosse style. Rack me, boys! Big shout to Shrinkables! Shrinkables! Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. The Rest of Your Voice Kids are brought to you by Swill Dog Hard Cider, the finest hard cider in all of the world, made right there in Franklin, West Virginia. They are encouraging you to get swill. 
You get in my way, I'ma feed you to the monster. I'm normal during the day, but at night turn to a monster. When the moon shines like ice road truckers, I look like a villain out of those blockbusters. Till the fire spit a monster. Blood on the dance floor, the Louis V carpet. It's time to talk basketball. We are in hoop season. The season is winding down as far as the regular season is concerned, but the pressure is turning up after our recent loss on the road yet again. WVU is now 18-5. Jeremy, what do you make of the squad? Man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Every single week, overreaction Monday, overreaction Saturday. <laughs> it's a win early in the week. It's a loss late in the week, man. Huggins said he saw this uh, coming. It's a win at home. It's a loss away. That's pretty much how it works. So, and it's and it's uh, we're going to the final four. We're getting eliminated in the first round. That's, <laughs> that's yeah. how I look at it. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, man. I know we have a great record, and like you know, compared to last year, there's no complaining. Yeah, but last this year, year we we're ten and thirteen at this point. Right now, we're eighteen and five. Yes, great record. These last few games, and granted, maybe you could chalk it up just to being young and, and, and overlooking certain things or feeling yourself to a certain degree. But uh, it's not just not it's not just losing. It's looking terrible. 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 In the words of Charles Barkley, terrible. I mean, it's terrible. All right, I don't know if I did that well or not. But here's the thing, like, you just, you just want to see some kind of consistency, and it's not happening. And uh, so that's the reason why I said, like, I, I, the only way we win the tournament is if we get hot. I said that last week. Um, we have enough talent. Man, it's just it's hard to fill up the cup. It's hard to fill up the cup that's sometimes where, for that's us. That's where I am. People want to talk about defense. It was We gave up 69 points. That's not a lot of points. We scored 59. That's, even, that's terrible. That's ridiculous. That's where it is. We're not making shots. We are not making shots. The guys we brought in to make shots are not making shots. Um, and when you can't make shots, you can't post up. People are like, we should feed the inside. You can't feed the inside when everybody's collapsing because they know you can't make open shots. Yep, and you know what's funny? Like, we're sitting here talking about this. That like, people say all the time, the more things change, the more things seem to stay the same. This is exactly what we say every single year at this point. Every single year, Brandon. Every year, who's on our team? Not we say the exact year. same thing. Every Can year, we make shots? Every year with Hugs as coach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For for the most, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's it's the same thing every year. Can we make shots? Answer, no. And we don't have a guy. The closest we have is Deuce McBride, a guy that you can say, we need a shot, go get us a bucket. Deuce, yeah, is, the, Deuce is the guy right now, but he's a true freshman. So there's a lot yep. of unknowns when it comes to Deuce McBride. And there's a lot of unknowns also because he doesn't start. So he doesn't get the lion's share. I mean, he gets plenty of minutes. Um, somebody hypothesized what would it be like if Jordan McCabe was the point guard and you had Deuce as the two. Um, that would be an interesting lineup. We don't see that much, if at all. No, um, that's a good point. I never thought about that. It would maybe, be you know, maybe, maybe a little shake-up. We'll see. What do you think about Hug's comments about the players, Jeremy? He said the players have a different attitude than they had at the beginning of the season. He said it used to be that you had eight guys who would come in early to shoot shots. Now you have two. And he says there's just a difference. Now he has to have player he has to have trainers go run kids out of the training room to come out for practice uh, you know what I, I heard that 
And and the the truth be told is we're eighteen and five. We've had a few bad games. Hug said that he saw this coming. But the way I feel, and I know it's a little different than you, is I feel like sometimes coaches say stuff to motivate kids. I think I think Huggins, of all people, sees that there's an opportunity, not because our squad is so much better than other squads he had, but I do think they have a they have more potential to score points than his other squads. But most importantly, there's no there's no dominant team in college basketball. Hugs, I think he he sees like these are the opportunities where your team has to suck it up and get it. I think he realizes this like let's go get it this year. I know everybody's pointing next year. Let's go get it this year. So I think he right now he's trying to push all the buttons he can and say everything he can to get these young men who who clearly weren't locked down last game or a few games before that. Because they're young men. I mean, most of them are freshmen or sophomores. I think he's trying to push every button he can because, you know, I, I think he's trying to motivate them. Uh, that's well, my I personal hope you're belief. Right. I hope you're right. But if there's only two people out there shooting instead of eight, then there is an attitude problem. Yeah, if, that's true. And if there is an attitude problem, I got a big uh-uh. question because before we blamed Issa and we blamed Sagaba Kanate, and to a far lesser extent, but to some extent, we blamed Beetle Bolden. Well, those True. guys are all gone. Lamont West is gone. Teddy Buckets is gone. So where's the problem? Why do we have an attitude problem on the team yet again? Again, yeah. That's my question. Why is there an attitude problem on this team again? You cleaned house. You changed everything. You made West Virginia hoops great again. Why is there suddenly an attitude problem again? And I'm not pretending to know the answer because I'm not an insider. But as a fan, that that's my first question to a coach who says there's an attitude problem on the team when he cleaned house, what's yeah, left no, over to cause the cancer? These no, kids no, are all young. No, and I, and I get what you're saying. And 100, look, we we always talk about attitude reflects uh, uh, leadership. So so I get 100. percent Which what you're saying could be the case, but here's the truth: we are not 10 and 13. We're 18 and five, or or whatever our record is. Like we're killing it. We have five losses with a bunch of freshmen and sophomore. And so no clearly, losses at home. So clearly, it no can't, losses I mean, on a neutral court. I'm not saying they haven't had some lapses in a couple games on the road here coming up, but this is why I don't feel like it's a real. I feel like Huggins is trying to push them to the potential. If they were ten to thirteen, I'll, I'll be right with you. I promise, I'd be right with you. Be like, look, this is a bigger problem. There's a bigger problem. If two years in a row you're ten, we're aging to five. We're in the top fifteen. Everybody's scared to play us. I know we haven't. Everybody's scared to play. That's the reason why I feel like this is Huggins just trying to push buttons and really trying to grind and get this championship and get these kids maximum potential. Because it's not like we're ten to thirteen, you know. No, I I know. I just hope that there really isn't an attitude problem, and I hope that you're right. I hope that all he's doing is motivating players who may have started to read too many articles, read too many press clippings, seen yes. too many, seen yep. too many young early kids. young kids. Freshman and sophomore, that's what we're dealing with, freshman and sophomore. And I hope they haven't seen too many Andy Katz early seating um, suggestions. Sam I hope they, and I hope they don't ever listen to Fran Fraschilla. Love Fran Fraschilla, but no no player on, <laughs> on Bob Huggins' team should ever listen to him because he loves Hugs more than we do. And he loves Sheebway. He does. <laughs> so I, I'm with you on that. And I love Fran, but you're right. Yeah, so, we love Fran. So I hope so. And I love Bobby Huggins. The Hall of Fame 
the Hall of Fame, I don't care if they put him in there yet or not, the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. So hopefully uh, they'll get it figured out. This team will get it figured out. We get a win against Kansas, and then hopefully we can go on the road and get a major upset against Baylor. We will have to wait and see because we're recording this on Tuesday, and the show will be out Thursday. So we'll see when we get there. Wrap me, boys! This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. You are joining the Raspy Voice Kids for another Golden Blue interview. Today we have the pride of Milton, West Virginia, a Cabell Midland Knight, Reese Donahue, joining the show. Reese, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you? Fantastic, man. I'm excited that we got you on the show. Excited that we can have you here. Excited that we have a West Virginia kid who went to WVU. The first question I want to ask is you spent years playing for West Virginia University. You gave your heart and soul, your blood, sweat, and tears. What's it like to be a married man? You know, uh, for a long time, I always said that the only thing I've ever wanted to do my entire life was play for West Virginia. And uh, that still stood true after I met my now wife. Um, but you know, things kind of change as well. So the two things that I ever always wanted to do was play for West Virginia and marry my wife. And, and fortunately, you know, now I've done it. And, uh, we actually just had a conversation earlier that I'm still training to try football out as long as I can take it. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's okay because I can, you know, let's say everything I've ever wanted to do, I've done it. And, uh, and that's be a married man, have a beautiful wife, uh, and play for, for the Mountaineers. So I'm very happy with where I'm at. You're scoring points all over the place, man. You're doing great. I can tell you right now, you're doing great. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, one of the things that my brother and I talk about on the show, we've talked about, we've noticed, we've observed, and you can correct me if this is wrong, but it seems like Cabell County is somewhat hostile or at least torn when it comes to the Mountaineers. Would you say that's a true statement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, you know, ironically enough, Everybody is, you know, split in half because we're real close to Marshall territory and we're also, you know, it's, we're West Virginia. So, you know, who can't root for the Mountaineers? You know what I mean? So uh, it's torn, but, you know, everybody always gives me a hard time when I go home and things like that. Of, oh, you know, Mountaineers, uh, you know, in reality, they actually cheer for you. Uh, and nobody genuinely hates the Mountaineers. Of course, you'll have the guys that root for Marshall and the guys that root for WVU when that time rolls around. But uh, having an in-state kid like myself and all the other guys that have represented West Virginia and that are from that area, uh, even the Marshall fans and West Virginia fans, they always get the support from the hometown kids, you know. So, uh, yeah, there is a rivalry, but it's not like uh, some other schools, you know, like the school up the road. Understood. Well, we like to get that cleared up, but I'm glad that you explained that because it is something different for a home state kid to play for the home state team, the flagship university, West Virginia University here uh, in the Great Mountain State. Um, you you experienced coaching changes. So you were there through, I wouldn't call it turmoil, but at least change. What could you say is the, would be the biggest difference between the coaching staffs you played for? So that's one thing I want to make clear before I start 
you know, regardless of whoever's the coach, there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. And no person is better than the other. They're all just different with their philosophies, their schemes, and just the way they run things. Ultimately, uh, football is football, and you can have, you know, there's a, there's a thousand different ways to skin a cat, and there's a thousand different ways to play football. Um, and really the biggest thing that we see changes in is either culture shift or just the way the program is ran, like times you need to be there, things like that. Um, so ultimately, uh, there's a whole lot. Of, like I said, there's, there's even a period where we didn't have a head coach, you know, for a few days and we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, and we were all uh, really worried. But fortunately, when Coach Holverson left, we, we got placed in extremely good hands uh, with Coach Brown. And, you know, that's part of Shane Lyons doing his thing too and the whole staff uh, over there when it comes to the athletic department. They do a great job. So there's a whole lot of differences. Um, and that's the hard thing is you get in this routine. It's kind of like when you go to your – you have an occupation or something – uh, you wake up every day and you're used to doing the same thing over and over and over again. You get in this routine. Uh, and then someone comes in, there's a new change in power, change of hands, and everything's flipped upside down. Now, being a senior, you know, coming into your senior year, you almost start out as a freshman because you don't really know what to expect. You don't know what the new coaching staff wants. Uh, and it's a challenge, but ultimately Coach Brown did a really good job making himself at home, and he really, really took us under his wing because he understood. I mean, you know, that's his job is to coach us, and he did a really good job um, getting us ready for his program and what he had going. So hats off to him. He did a phenomenal job in this transition period. Have you thought about being a politician? <laughs> you know what? No, but, uh, you know, if anybody wants to hire me as a football coach when I'm done, then give me a shout you answered the question, the first question, I, that question I asked you about coaching changes, like a true politician. And what I mean is I could tell it was genuine, but you didn't offend anybody. It was perfect, man. I, I just, I really am impressed. I got to be honest. I'm very impressed. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. What's your favorite thing about Coach Leslie? Uh, honestly, it's probably his charisma or uh, maybe the way that he handles himself. Uh, he's not afraid to tell you how he really feels, but the way that he does it, he does it in a way where, um, you know, he's really, he'll, he's, he's never mad at you for the person you are. He's mad at the things you did because he knows that he can get more out of you that. And uh, you know, when you're talking to him, he makes really, really intense and, and frustrating situations fun. You know, he has different jokes and things he throws around. Uh, some I won't repeat, but uh, <laughs> he, has, he has a really good, uh, a good way of breaking up the minutia and a good way of breaking up the monotony of every single day coming in and doing things. So uh, I would definitely say his charisma and his attitude and the way he approaches, you know, coaching his players. So now you've transitioned from being a college guy to trying to be a professional football player. What is that like every day? You know, uh, it's not so different uh, as it would be for college. Ultimately, I mean, it's pretty much <laughs> pretty much the same except for the fact that you don't get a class every day. You know, every single day you wake up, uh, it's about taking care of your body, eating right, doing the little things. Um, and that's one thing I can say is Mike and his strength staff have prepared me very well uh, for this next part of my life. And so I think it's just the same habits that carry over that you have uh, in college. It's the same thing when you're trying this level out, uh, except, like I said, you just don't have class. Uh, every day you're trying to come home and watch a little bit of film. You're trying to you know, perfect your craft and ultimately trying to get bigger, faster, stronger, just like you are in college. Yep. I love it. I love it, man. And we're wishing you nothing but the best in your transition and in your future going forward. We've reached the point in the interview where it's time to talk. I, well, let me make sure because my brother's not here, but he sent me some questions. To ask. Oh, that's a question he wanted me to ask. What is the one game 
that it felt like you guys overcame all the odds to win, the game that you're most proud of as a Mountaineer? I would either say most proud of in my senior season or most proud of in general. In general. In general. Um, I would definitely say Texas at Texas. Um, we came back when uh, Will came out uh, and scored the, you know, the, final, the final few points to seal the deal. I think that was a really, really collective effort. I think that might be one of my most proud moments as a Mountaineer uh, in, ter- in terms of winning a game. I love it because I feel like a lot of Mountaineer fans will say that's their favorite Mountaineer game probably in the last decade or so. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, they have reason to say that as well. I was driving home from South Carolina, so I didn't actually watch the end of the game. I listened on the radio. I got to listen to Creedy, and I pulled over in Charleston. I was driving home from Myrtle Beach with my kids in the backseat asleep. I actually pulled over to make a video about the game. That's how excited I was. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it was one to watch, and, and it's one I'll never forget, and I doubt any Mountaineer fans that were able to witness it. I, I doubt they'll ever forget that, that moment. Now, Jeremy and I, my brother, my co-host, we're, we're Parkersburg Big Reds. Do you have any memorable moments against the Parkersburg Big Reds? You know what? Uh, it's been a long time, to be honest with you, <laughs> since, uh, uh, since high school. Of course, uh, I would say probably my sophomore year, uh, getting you know, my first few starts. Or not, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, my junior year, getting my first few starts uh, versus Parkersburg traveling, things like that. Um, I don't know that there's one specific moment. Uh, the sticks out to me, but I would definitely say the the journey and the game. My, the first time I ever got to step on the field and play them, um, you know, being that that leader at, at Cabell Midland. All right, so now we've reached the rapid fire part of the of the interview. Are you ready for this? Uh, I think so. Better movie: Lion King or Toy Story? Uh, Lion King. Doritos, nacho cheese, or Cool Ranch? Cool Ranch. What's the best Pop Tart? Uh, blueberry with frosting. Does ketchup go on a hot dog? Yes. And mustard. Ketchup and mustard. And mustard, both. All right. Um, let me see. What else do I have for you? Oh, who has the best fast food fries? Oh, gosh. Uh, Arby's curly fries. You went Arby's curly fries. I like it, man. I like it. All right, now here's a moment of truth, Reese. Do you pee in swimming pools? Uh, you know what? Long story short, um, I'm, a, I'm a certified open water diver. Um, that's one thing I like to do in my spare time. I like to dive. I like to scuba dive. And there's one thing they always say. There's people who pee in the wetsuits, and there's people who lie about peeing in the wetsuits. <laughs> Every person, I guarantee, I guarantee you, there's not a single person that walks on the earth that's swimming in a swimming pool that has not peed in the pool. We say the same thing. We say you're either telling us the truth or you're lying when we ask that question. You're either telling us you pee in the pool or you're lying. We asked Alec Manoa the same question. He said he pees in hot tubs because it's better with the bubbles and the warmth. Nobody can tell. <laughs> that's so, AK for you right there. That's AK, but we but your answer is good too. People who there are people who lie about peeing in the wetsuit, and there are people who pee in the wetsuit. That's a legendary that's a legendary quote right there for Reese Donahue. Reese, we thank you for joining us, giving us a little bit of your time. We know you're a busy guy, so thank you. Congratulations again to you and your new wife. 
We wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm just happy to be here. Uh, anything you guys ever need, y'all just give me a shout. All right, your shirt's in the mail. Thank you so much. Podcast Network.